0: You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam! I'm telling you, it's time to party! Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. Uh, podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network where we just talk about the Red Sox. Uh, I am your host for today. Um, subbing in for Jake in the, the one chair. Keaton DeRocher. Uh, normally I am the... chair here on this podcast but jake is on solo parenting duties uh and couldn't get in for our uh normal podcast this week so subbing in for uh myself is shelly who you've heard on this podcast before shelly verstraight thanks for uh thanks for taking my spot on the podcast shelly
1: uh yeah uh thanks for having me back um, I'm glad to be back. It's been like a while since I've been on this on this podcast kind of network thing. So but yeah, I'm glad to be back. Some so somewhat because uh this this team is quite frustrating. So yeah. Yeah, it has been quite
0: a first <laughs> month of the season. Um so let's let's just jump right <laughs> on into that. Uh standings here in the American League East after a month. Uh we have the Yankees in first place at seventeen and six. The Blue Jays are in second at 15 and 9, 2.5 back. The Rays are four back at 13 and 10. The Red Sox are eight back at nine and fourteen, only one game ahead of the Orioles at eight and fifteen. Not exactly where we thought they would be here a month into the season. Um just, you know, fighting it out with the Orioles in the basement. Um what has been your reaction here to the first month of the season so far?
1: Oh my goodness! It's been it's been absolutely rough. Um, I mean, just watching this team and just seeing just how they can't hit it is it's just extremely frustrating. Like, I I know that this team is so great offensively, but just they can't even buy a hit even off the Orioles, just anyone. It is it's been extremely uh, frustrating to watch because I know this team is better than this.
0: Yeah, frustrating really is the perfect word because like right out of the gate the bullpen was nails which wasn't really exactly what we were kind of expecting the rotation had its issues but it was basically just Verdugo and the bullpen for like 2 weeks and then it completely shifted now the starters have been killing it bullpen has been really inconsistent and now it's just been the Verdugo or the Bogart show and we just can't string hits together to score multiple runs I mean not forget about like multiple runs at in an inning and get a rally going you can't score multiple runs in a game. And this offense is we know they're going to figure it out. It's too good for them not to figure it out. Uh including the addition of Trevor Story. It's just kind of like a it's unbelievable that it hasn't happened to this point. And now they have guys who are doing really well. It's not just one hitter. Um JD's Put together a decent line. Devers has a decent line. The power is throughout the entire lineup. is just nowhere to be found, which is also weird. Uh, and maybe that can be attributed to the ball. Um, the power is down league-wide, so it's not just a Red Sox-specific thing. It just seems like it's hitting them at harder than it is other teams. So that part is frustrating. And it's just kind of like all of that combined it's just been a really, really frustrating first month of the season, but you know, they're going to turn it around and go on a run and make things more interesting. It's just kind of like that couple with the way they were losing games, just devastating walk-offs in games that, you know, they should win. Sour throwing the ball into left field uh, to give the Orioles a walk off. And then it's just kind of like, sure. Yeah. No, that seemed fitting. That seemed like a really fitting way to end that game. That made sense. And it was just, all of that was just frustrating.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's like I, I, I really liked the team coming into the season. I, I mean, I didn't necessarily think that we were going to, you know, win the division or, or or anything like that. But I thought that we would be playing better and just seeing how we just basically fall on our face every single game for it's either the hitting or the starter. Or the really we just always just fall on our face late in the game or something like that. That's what makes it so frustrating. I still believe in this team. I think that we can definitely figure it out. But it's been a very very rough month.
0: Yeah, um, something that has gone um, significantly underrated. Now that um, I realized I am trying to um, pull it up on the fly, uh, but. The uh, the Red Sox defense uh, is actually among, or at least was very recently, among the best in the league in fielding percentage. Um, and they, yeah, they are top 10 in uh, errors per game and fielding percentage. Uh, and Rafael Devers has been playing a hell of a defensive third base so far this year. And all of that gets completely overshadowed by everything else. Uh, and something that we thought may be Uh, play might play a bigger role in this team to start and something that we may draw our focus to Uh, that's actually been a positive for the team has just gone completely under the rug because of all of the other struggles so we can't even kind of focus on giving them credit for playing really solid defense because everything else has been quite a disaster
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I just now pulled up the numbers, too, because I'm like, oh, are we actually really good in defense? and Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, we are always looking at, like, we can't score anything. We can't do anything. We can't even look at, you know, the bright sides of this team. So I, I do think that that will start to, to shine a light, like maybe some beat writers will get started starting to talk about it. Maybe bring in some good vibes into this team. Because I'm really thinking that this team is also feeling like like we are. Where they just feel just so defeated. Because they just got, you know, beat by a you know the ghost runner on second in extra innings. Or someone made like a really bad error late in the game. And it just like totally just screwed everything. So I'm not, I, I don't even think, really think that the team is really feeling it. But once they start getting it, and once that vibe starts getting, I think this team um, will definitely perform better than what they've done so far.
0: Yeah, and they are tied for fifth in defensive run saves in all of the entire major leagues, along with not committing errors and uh, fielding percentage. There, this team is <laughs> defense is surprisingly a strength, but you you really wouldn't <laughs> notice it unless you go looking for it. Exactly. So <laughs> everything else is is played out. So. Um, at least we can call that a silver lining. So let's let's dump it, dive into uh, all of the other issues. Let's start with the offense. Um, so starting with the top six, uh kind of mentioned it. We got some issues here in the top six that we didn't really think we were going to have. Um, Devers and Bogarts, their lines on the season look pretty darn solid. J.D. Martinez, too, although he has uh, already missed some time with some injury. Um Trevor Story has struggled, hasn't really gotten anything going. Alex Verdugo started off really hot. Uh, His overall line now not looking great, 238, 278, 375. Um, Was curious about those two, so I did a little bit of digging. Um, Verdugo really just looks like he's run into a whole bunch of bad luck for the first month, so that gives me some hope that that'll turn around. Uh, His bad bib is about 80 points lower than his Career average mark and his expected stats. Uh, his expected average over the first month is 308, expected slugging is 594, uh, which is top 91% on StatCast. So he is hammering the crap out of the ball. Um, he's just having a whole bunch of bad luck, which makes me feel like that can turn around pretty easily. And then if you have a solid four at the top of the lineup that can put things together. Then maybe that starts to turn things around. I was curious then if that was the same with Trevor's story. It unfortunately is not. Uh, his expectants <laughs> that say that he is as bad as he has been playing. What's the deal with Trevor's story?
1: Um, honestly, I don't know. Like, I mean, there was like this this thing, and at least in fantasy baseball, that I kind of like really uh, try to avoid. Um players who sign like big long-term contracts, like their first big-time like contract. I just avoid them in their first first year of that contract. Um they just I I think it could be that oh, I just signed like this big contract. I really need to 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 show off that I am totally worth this and then they start to like really really like, press the plate and just do like really just Ugh, not their kind of. They just don't perform as well as they did, you know, uh, prior to that. So I, I think that, that might be some of what's going on, and also put into the fact that this team is underperforming. So maybe Trevor is just like, just really just in his own head. Um, I'm hoping that he gets out of that, but I think it might be a. Not a typical travel story uh, season for this first year in Boston.
0: I think there's a lot of that because there's something to that with Devers' line. He only has a two percent walk rate so far, um, and he's just he's swinging the bat a lot. I mean, he's essentially he's hitting two ninety nine, so he's almost three hundred marks. So it's it's not necessarily been a negative because he's been making contact, but a two percent walk rate for Devers is really uncharacteristic, and you can kind of see at the plate he's been pressing and he's certainly not the only one. So I think there is a lot to that. And the, the kind of like the longer the struggles go on, the more pressure mounts and the more you feel that. And I think there's some of that going on with Trevor story too. Uh, I think I'm in agreement there. And plus this, the pressure of being in, in a new, uh, a new ballpark, like his strikeout rate is up about um, like five, 6% where it's been previously over the past, like four years um strikeouts haven't really been his thing but they have been this year um but it hasn't come at like the detriment to his walk rate or anything so it's kind of like the similar he's just swinging more trying to press for results instead of just letting him come uh, and that's translated into a few more strikeouts and he's not the only and you know devers and story not the only ones in this lineup having that happen and it's just the the more uh that that happens the more the pressure builds kind of um the more it snowballs but the more that some of these guys start to break out of these funks then i think the more that that starts to spread to the rest of the lineup and these guys start to straighten themselves out and then all of a sudden this team's on a 13 game win streak and we're feeling a lot better about ourselves
1: yeah yeah i totally agree um i think once a couple of guys maybe some you know, good luck hits fall in and they start to feel like a little bit less pressure and stuff like that, it will, you know, just go throughout the rest of the team and we'll feel better, you know, in about, you know, maybe half a month, month, once it starts to get warm in Boston, we'll start to definitely feel better about this
0: offense. Yeah, uh, moving on to something that um, we talked about on our season preview pod, which I expected to be an issue um has been an issue, and that's the bottom three of this order. This has been an absolute rally killer. Uh, and maybe this has kind of helped make these struggles feel a little bit more um elevated here. But the bottom three of this order, uh, whoever they have had in there, whatever kind of rally that's been happening since uh once the lineup has reached these three has just immediately been killed, or um, you know, nothing has started from the bottom of the order here um jbj Dahlbach, block vasquez whoever they have uh in the that bottom three and the kind of the rotating cast of characters that they've called up um which we'll get to the bench here in a bit um everybody is hitting under 200 um everybody is most of them are striking out at more than a 30 percent rate what is going on here at, at the bottom of this lineup? And is there anything they can do to kind of shake it up? Um, I guess kind of we'll we'll head into one of our other topics here. But the they had tried to shake it up a bit with these this rotating cast of call-ups. They had Jalen Davis here. They got Frenchie Cordero back up. They've DFA'd Travis Shaw, so they've at least removed him from the rotation. Um, Christian Arroyo is another guy that they've had at the bottom of the order in that rotation and the bench. Um, is that the only solution that they have is just kind of this rotating cast of call-ups until someone sticks? Um, What, if anything, can they turn to to fix this bottom three?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Honestly, um, unless they call up, you know, either... uh, I mean, I really want them to call up Duran. Maybe if he, you know um you know didn't get COVID a couple weeks ago maybe he would have been up um instead of well Frenchie probably would have been up even before him just based on just his age and stuff like that um but I'm really hoping that you know Duran comes up at some point to take uh JBJ's uh spot I mean I love JBJ Um, I will always love JBJ. I just don't like him on this team currently uh, because he can't hit. And it it really makes me sad to see him struggling like this um, just as a fan of his. But I really would love for them to call up Duran. He is hitting extremely well um, in in AAA. Um, And I I think that he can hold his own um, in right field. Uh, When it comes to first base, I'm still... Um, I I don't know what they do. Um, I don't think that uh, Bobby Dalbeck is necessarily this bad. I just don't think that he was is he was as good as he was in like the last two months of last year. Um, so I think that they're just gonna have to kind of deal with that for the time being. Because I I honestly I don't think that Casas is necessarily rally either because he um hasn't been his top self in AAA. Um, He is uh, striking out like a little bit more than what you typically have seen from him. So I do think that he needs a little bit more time in AAA. And then when it comes to catcher, uh, we're just basically stuck with that. So uh, get used to really bad hitting from them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's kind of, yeah, basically the par for the course there. Durant, his line right now in uh, AAA is 360, 4.58, 5.60, 4.58, 5.60, also has seven steals, only been caught once. That would be a huge jolt uh, to that bottom three. I would really love to see that too because I'm with you. I would much rather see JBJ in a bench roll, not in the lineup every day. I'd rather give Duran the at-bats every day and give him a chance um to let his potential shine. And obviously he is, seems like he is, uh, handling triple a just fine. Yeah. So I'd like to see him back, uh, and getting more, more at bats over JBJ, use him in a bench role as the, like the late inning reliever, just kind of, or late inning, um, defensive replacement, um, when you need to, I think Duran can handle right field just fine, completely with you there. Um, mostly with you on, on Cassis. I don't think he's, He's quite there yet, um, but I don't think he's that far off. And I think, um, you know, I I don't know, (laughs) without, like, making a trade for someone, I don't know if there's there's nobody, like, they can pull off the street who I think is going to, like, is going to be a savior for the bottom three. You're probably better off just trying to let Bobby work through it if he can until Casas then is ready in maybe a month or so, um, so it doesn't seem like the solution is there. So Duran kind of feels like the only move, or at least yeah. the only move left.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 definitely agree with there, there, and it really stinks because that, that, that bottom half, uh, that bottom three is just going to be just really difficult throughout the entire season.
0: If a month from now, the team is in a similar situation where they haven't really gained ground, maybe they haven't lost ground, does that put pressure on moving a Justin Casas timeline ETA up? or And do you think that it should?
1: Um, honestly, I think that it should. Uh, because if we're still kind of... In this situation with the bottom half, um, the team is still kind of sort of in it. But maybe we just need a little jolt. Why not? Like, why not? Like, you're not going to get anything from that. So let's just go ahead and just bring up Casas. Let him just see uh, Major League Pitching for the first time. And let's just go for development of him going forward. That's what I would do. I'm with you. Yeah.
0: Um, any other notes on the bench there? Um, what do we think of Franchi's return? Hasn't uh, been hot. He hasn't struck out yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was hitting pretty pretty well in AAA, and uh, there was like, um, uh, like a report from him that he was like really trying to improve himself in AAA. Like he wasn't like down on the dumps that he was demoted and all this stuff. So I really like to hear that, that he was really just trying to improve himself. So I hope that he does well. I'm not expecting him to do well. Um But just seeing that he was positive with the assignment to AAA, um, you know, it, it it was like, okay, he's... He's not feeling bad about himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, given the state of the rest of the lineup, um, you know, why not? Yeah. Like I said, he was doing well at at AAA. Worth a chance. Why not? See how it goes. Yep. All right. uh, Moving on to the rotation. Uh, Surprisingly, a lot of positives here. Uh, Nathan Avaldi is killing it. Being his ace self, um, Michael Waka has been <laughs> pretty much keeping pace with Evaldi. Um, and Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock, both in their uh, starting roles, have also produced quite well. Um, what has your reaction been to the way that the, the rotation has started the first month of the season?
1: Um, I'm surprised by two pitchers. Um, I'm surprised by Waka and I'm surprised by Pavetta, but for totally different reasons. Um, I did, I. Well, I didn't think that Pavetta would be putting up like a Waka line. I didn't think that Waka would be putting up what he's doing currently. Um, and I honestly, I thought Pavetta would be a whole lot better than what he has shown so far. Um, but even just watching Waka, like, I've been enjoying it. Like, it's a. Uh, It's not like a totally dominant type of pitcher, but he's like, he's getting it done. And I love to see it. Um, He made uh, tonight, like he made like a really good um, fielding play, right? So it's just, he's just a really, I've just been pleasantly surprised by, by Waka.
0: Yeah, I have been super surprised. I didn't think we were getting anything. Yeah. I know that he had made the strides at the end of last year. I didn't really buy it, Um, brought the sinker back this year. So um, I was kind of even more confused by his success. Uh, But I think now I am just as confident in every Waka start as I might be in every Evaldi start right now. I think I have that much confidence in him. And maybe that's uh, also due to just the inconsistencies of uh, what we're used to. From this the starting rotation and what we what we have been getting from guys not named Divaldi um uh, the past couple of seasons. Um but I, I'm fully buying into that this is sustainable and real. Um I mean maybe not, you know, in September he, he may not be posting a one point seven seven ERA still, but I think he's still gonna be a really viable part of this rotation come then. And that's that's not something that I expected to have a feeling towards, so Very pleasantly surprised. Um, Hill and Pavetta. I mean, you kind of started talking about Pavetta. Um, Pavetta's last two starts have been more encouraging. Uh, Obviously, his first two were quite atrocious. Um, Last two, the strikeout seemed to be back. Although, um, two starts ago, had an issue with walks. Last start was just giving up too much contact and too, too much hits um although significant progress from his first two starts uh are you buying into the mechanical changes do you think that pavetta here is making progress in um you know he's working his way back to what you thought he could be or are you maybe just trending out to being or trending towards being out on pavetta completely
1: um like you said, that I mean, I, I I've been encouraged with his like last couple starts because he did have to face Toronto twice, um, and then you know Baltimore, um, and it's looked better because those first two starts I was just like, oh gosh, this is the the Povetta, veta, not the paveta, <laughs> um, um, so it it has looked better, but I don't I, I don't know I'm just I I don't know. If, if he was our, like, fifth starter, I would be totally okay with it. But I don't even know if he's our fifth starter, you know, with, like, Rich Hill and the whole who knows with the Halk and Whitlock situation because that is still in flux. So if Pavetta was just our number five, I would be okay with it. But, yeah, I, I, I just don't know where he quite fits in with our starting five
0: yeah i think i'm with you um because i think uh you know when we started the season he was your number two starter and i think he's still basically kind of in that role even though walk is performing uh more towards it um he's still kind of expected to to be that guy uh and heavy that that kind of role um obviously not performing to it but still needing needs to perform better than what he's been so um but you did kind of start to lead into the next point there. Between Hauk and Whitlock, uh, how does that need to play out? Uh, and who who should stay in the rotation? Um, one or both?
1: <laughs> this is... I, I struggle with this, like, every single time that I see them pitch. Um, I have always been Whitlock over Hauk. For the starting kind of role, um, and I still feel that that is the best way: Whitlock and then Hulk in the bullpen. Um, but with our bullpen being kind of somewhat um, inconsistent, I do like Whitlock in the in the bullpen and then Hulk in the rotation. But then we have Hulk who. Um, is unvaccinated so you can't trust him in Toronto and it just totally muffs everything up so I don't know it's like can we have like two Whitlocks that's what I want
0: yeah right
1: right yeah I I just I, I don't know I don't know where to go there and I don't think that the team knows where to go that either because they're They're having Whitlock start, but then Hulk piggyback against Rich Hill, which is kind of how it was before, but it was Whitlock piggybacking with Hill. And uh, I don't even think the team knows where to go with this.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of making things a little bit more confusing. So, I mean, you know, I've always been on the, I think Hulk can start. However, um, because of this, so after seeing this whole Toronto thing play out once through, uh, I think how needs to go to the bullpen because um, so leading up to it, you had to move him to the bullpen. He had a relief appearance of an inning and two thirds, missed that whole four game series. And then by the time he came back and pitched again, it was like 10, 11 days had gone by. He'd only pitched an inning and two thirds. And now, so if you want him in the rotation, you have to stretch him out again. So you're yeah. going to have to do that every single time you go to Toronto, you're going to have to move him to the bullpen and then restretch him out multiple times within a season. That just doesn't make any kind of sense at all. So if that's you, and then you would basically then have to like keep Whitlock consistently stretched out. So you then probably aren't using him in high leverage situations, which is where you would want to use him if he was in the bullpen. So it's going to be a giant pain in the ass. I don't think you're really going to want to need to to deal with it all that often. So just Whitlock has shown that he can handle the position just fine like we all kind of thought he would as a starter leave him there how goes to the bullpen and i think we've seen how in high leverage situations i think you just continue to use him there um if you for whatever reason if you need to use him to piggyback for long outings like a two plus inning outing he still has the ability to do that but i think um you know you should start using how how they were using whitlock last year uh, and leave Whitlock in the rotation. Because it's, I think, if you're constantly trying to do, you know, like figuring out who needs to be stretched out and who needs to be left off a roster, and then re-stretched out, that's that's just messing up your entire bullpen, messing up your plans. I don't think you just really need to do with it. Whitlock should just remain the starter. How can the bullpen? Then that's one less thing to think about. And then everybody kind of understands their roles. And then you can kind of go from there. Otherwise, it just adds to confusion for everybody.
1: Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And, and I also agree with you that the whole Toronto situation, um, you know, last week where it just, you know, we had to go through just everything and how much um, just a couple people's uh, decision just kind of just really threw this team on you know on its head when it wasn't in a good position to begin with it was like already kind of sketchy and then it just was like phew, right so yeah I agree with you uh, Whitlock um, should be in the rotation over Hulk yeah
0: and so Hulk was used in the, to piggyback Hill for three innings after Hill was pulled uh, after having gone four innings and was on a pitch count of. 50 pitches 35 for strikes um why <laughs> had allowed one hit no walks to that point in his start why was he pulled at that point
1: yeah i i that that totally boggled my mind i'm like he's he's pitching well i'm like yeah it's it's against you know baltimore and he's it's baltimore but even with why, why is his pitch count on 50 like I'm surprised that that hasn't been kind of like asked about or whatever. Like, why is he? Why is he only at 50 pitches?
0: Yeah, having not or having only allowed one hit at that point, he was not real close to the third time through the order in the fifth inning. So it wasn't really like that was an excuse that they could run to. It just seemed like it was getting too cute. Uh, But I brought up that specific instance um, kind of to talk to the larger point. Um, there was a lot made about when Evaldi was pulled in his start against Toronto. Um, you know, we're a month into the season at this point. I know that spring training was cut short, but we should be past the point of guys on pitch counts, right? Like people should be stretched out and used to their full ability at this point, right?
1: I mean, I, I think so. Um, I I am not sure um, why you know Ivaldi, like the Toronto start. You talk about when he went uh, four and two thirds.
0: Uh no, the um, I think it was Toronto, right? Or was the one the the one that ended up being the the walk off, right? Um, I think he went six and uh, was on like seventy pitches and didn't go out for the seventh.
1: Oh okay, okay. I found it, yeah. Uh yeah. Um I I don't know what it has been about, like um honestly with how quick we've been going. Um, I really do think that we should have let Iovaldi go like a little bit longer. I mean if you're taking like uh you know, someone else out other than Iovaldi, um I'm probably going to be like, "Core, what are you doing? Why are you taking Ivaldi out? He could totally go another inning." Um, but with some of these other guys, um, I agree with it, um, and that. But then, but then we get into the bullpen, which has been kind of shaky. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So we can jump into that that next now. Um, I think the bullpen has been largely what we expected. It's been good at times. It's also been bad at times, overall inconsistent. The good, Robles, Strom, Brazier, Davis, inconsistent, basically everybody else, Saumura, Barnes, Crawford, Valdez, Diekman. Um, should they have defined roles, which we kind of started to talk about there uh, with Whitlock and Houck, Uh and if so, what should they be?
1: Um, <laughs> um, outside of Halk, just in the bullpen for maybe like high leverage situations, following somebody, whatever. With how inconsistent, really, this entire um, bullpen is outside of Strom, maybe. Um, I, 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 I don't really know how you can have definitive roles and it's like even with Strom like I wouldn't put him in like a safe situation I like him where he's at or, like the seventh or eighth you know come in in a sticky situation and and you know in the seventh inning with like one out and like bases later he comes in and knocks it out and gets a couple ground balls whatever and gets out of that situation but you know maybe outside of him um uh, I I don't feel confident with anyone who is coming in, um, outside of Halk or Whitlock.
0: What about Robles? I mean, he's done it before. He's yeah. Been a closer for a few other teams and is having a really strong season so far. Um, obviously, you know he's had a blown save already, yeah. but you know overall a .93 ERA. Um, sp- not walking anybody at all, yeah. which has been the huge, huge gain so far this year. Which if you're comfortable with him being given at least you know first crack at the ninth, but then being told, "Well, we have a safe situation as yours," and then kind of going from there.
1: I mean, I mean, I totally would, Um and I think Core has as well. Just kind of where he has been coming in. I mean, sometimes he would be Deekman, and then Deekman will go all crazy, and then. Cora will go to, yeah. to Robles and, and Robles would like lock it down. Um, what kind of concerns me about Robles as much as he has been nails he has a 1.86 home runs per nine and as a closer you don't really want to give up the home run. Um, so yeah. he does have the propensity of just giving up just the home run that just like knocks it off. Uh, but out of those guys, I guess definitely, I, I do think that it would be for me Robles over someone like Diekman or, or Strom or someone else in like that lock, like, or even Barnes who is just, I, I watching Barnes right now is quite, it's quite difficult to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just like, oh geez, it's so bad uh but yeah i i think that i guess i would lean towards robles to be like the lockdown quote-unquote closer um even though he gives me heartburn
0: yeah so i guess that would um i guess he's pretty much other than the the whitlock Hauk, thing um the larger question there then is do you think that they should have the defined roles or it's just kind of it should be the matchup-based um, way that they've been going about it? Because So I think that I'm of the mind that they, if you give them a more defined roles, then that kind of allows them to stay in that mindset and perform better the entire bullpen, which I think we saw um, last year when we didn't really know what was going on uh, with the closer role after Barnes imploded. We didn't know what was going on, and then they kind of gave it to Whitlock and everything fell into line after that. And that's not the first time we've seen it with this Red Sox team, but when they try and do a closer by committee thing, it always fails every single time. And I just feel like that's what's been happening now. Of course, the other situation is haven't had all that many save situations, so uh, <laughs> we haven't really had to worry about it. Um, but do you think there's something to that, or do you think it's, it's more... Just matchup based, and they have the guys now to do that with a guy like Diekman who can be that power lefty strikeout guy that they haven't had before.
1: So, I uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm probably gonna go with both here. Um, I don't necessarily think that we have like a lockdown guy, but I don't think that we have the guys to do the whole matchup thing. So, if I was Cora. I would go more towards, just give it, just give the closing role to Robles, and then mix and match with everyone else on the team.
0: Okay, I dig it. So as we've seen through the first month, um, a lot of guys have been getting a lot of usage, uh, and one thing that we've consistently seen here with Cora. Um, is that we get to the end of the season more towards September, getting closer to the playoffs, and the bullpen has been overused. Um, I've chopped that up too. he's never really had a deep bullpen to begin with, so as they've been in high-leverage situations, he's only had one or two guys to use, um, so they've just been burnt out due to that usage now with a bit of a deeper bullpen and and kind of more guys to turn to. How much of an effect do you think, um, if any, this uh, the short leash that the starters have been on may have an effect on the bullpen uh, in the short term and in the long term here uh, once we get closer to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, um, I think that it's going to have a major effect. Um, I, I just don't, as much as I love what Waka is doing, he's not going deep in the games. We already know Hill is already not going deep in the games. And as we discussed previously, we have no idea what the whole Whitlock um you know uh how situation is going to be so we're just just relying on a lot of these relievers for multiple innings throughout the entire year um and i think that if we do make it to the postseason or or you know we will make it to september so when we get to september we're like we're going to be just gassed out like all of those relievers are just gonna to be totally gassed out, and I I don't necessarily think that's a, that is on Cora. I just think that is just the relievers that we currently have on this on this team that they they're just they're just really not that great. Um, and I I think Cora is just like I'm just gonna go with this guy. Hopefully he has it. Fingers crossed, eyes crossed, toes crossed. Hopefully everything works out. That's how I think that he's going.
0: Yeah, I think... the I understand the third time through the order and all of the data there is for that. But starters have got to be able to get through the fifth inning, and that's barely happening now. And I think that's going to come back to bite him because we are consistently asking everybody to go an extra inning out of the bullpen for... Two, three months, that, like, you got to have quite a rotation of guys to get through an entire season. And I just don't think they have it. Even with this, the extra, I mean, you know, by my, by my, like, trustometer, there's basically, like, two extra guys in the bullpen, I think, that Cora has this year compared to previous years. And I don't think it's enough to get through it. Cause that's, I mean, an extra inning every game over the course of a season is like, three or four relievers worth of a season so that i just they got to either get the the starters going longer or they got to basically get two hawks in there to bridge those like long relief innings and then at that point like why why are you taking a bullpen slots with those guys
1: yeah yeah i i i just don't know how we put it together with the current Bullpen, um because i like i said like i don't really trust anybody um so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be rough um in the you know the back halves of the of the of the games um going forward
0: yeah so that was our uh, very upbeat happy analysis of the first month (laughs) (laughs) let's dive into some listener questions uh here to to finish it off first from bunny colvin Uh, Do Jeter Downs and Jaron Duran have a future in Boston?
1: Um, I think one of them does. Uh, Maybe not the other. Um, I I do think that uh, Jaron Duran does have a future in Boston. I I think it will be this year. Um, With Jeter Downs... Um... I, I, I don't know if he actually does. He he will probably make his like major league debut with Boston. Um, just the amount of strikeouts that he has put up for the last year and a month um, is very concerning. Um, it's not getting better, so um, I'm not really confident with Jeter Downs.
0: Yeah. I agree. Duran, I think, for sure. Downs. They just have a bunch of those, like, utility utility middle infield guys. I mean, obviously, with Story and Bogart's, like, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be an everyday role, if that. (laughs) And then they love themselves some Christian Arroyo, so we'd have to unseat that. (laughs) And so I just, I don't know if that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cody Hudman says, it looks like Cora has completely lost faith in Sawamura, putting in guys just up from the minors uh, in game deciding spots over him. What's your take on this situation? Thanks. Uh, um, well, most recently he was put in a tie game in extra innings, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's completely lost faith.
1: Yeah, um. I, I mean, I haven't really been too high on Saramoya for, you know, about half a season or so. Um, So I can see why Korra is just kind of like, uh, we'll kind of use him here and there. But when was like the last time that you felt like really good about him? Coming in.
0: Um... Well, I, I don't know if I've ever really felt bad about him coming in. Okay. That's you know that's the, that's the weird thing is like like his line for the season last year was not bad. I mean the walks were a little high, mm-hmm. but like a ten K per nine, a three point oh six ERA. He got a lot of usage. He didn't have a bad season. Mm-hmm. He had some blow ups in some tough spots, so it, like it made it seem worse. And yeah. I feel like that's happening again. Um, for whatever reason, he can't strike anybody out this year, which is weird. <laughs> but um, his walks are down, like almost two full walks per nine uh, compared to 2021. And he has a 2.45 ERA. So it's like, he, and even the game, uh, the Orioles, the walk-off was an unearned run. So he didn't even yep. get burned on that because it was an error and it was a ghost runner. So it's like a doubly unearned. <laughs> so... Um, that was just kind of like a blow up in a tough spot. I don't... I haven't really felt bad. I mean, I think... The strikeout thing is weird. And if he continues not striking people out, then I'll continue to not feel great about it. But mm-hmm. um, I generally feel fine when he's coming in to get outs. <laughs> he generally gets them.
1: I guess I feel the same way. I feel fine when he comes in. I, I don't yeah. feel great. I don't feel bad. I just... I yeah, feel neutral. Fi- yes, exactly. Yes.
0: They bring him in to get outs more often than not he gets them. Yes. <laughs> uh, th- uh, I don't know if I can pronounce that one. Um, <laughs> at Patio D. We'll go with that. Uh, it seems like Haim is deeply committed to building up the minor league system. The question is, could he have added more depth to the team, especially in the bullpen and the outfield, without breaking the bank or depleting the minors? Short answer, yes.
1: Yeah, you could have signed, um, uh, what, Suzuki, who yeah. signed with the Cubs? Yeah, that that would have been... Um, Super have great. Been, it, yeah, that would have been Awesome. And yeah, you definitely could have definitely you know filled in with the bullpen. I mean, yes, he could have he could have done more. Like I totally agree, he could have done more. Um, I what minor league depth was he building? I'm trying to think. Um, Outside of Renfro
0: for there was there was two uh, prospects there. Yeah,
1: David Hamilton and yeah, okay.
0: Uh, uh, I'd still rather have Renfro, but, you know, that's just me. Or it, I don't know if it's just me.
1: <laughs> it's not just you, honey. It's not.
0: <laughs> okay, thank <Yeah>. you.
1: <laughs> it's not just you. Uh, Yeah, he, I mean, he was, uh, Renfro was look, looking pretty bad until, like, this last week where he hit, like, three or four home runs. And then we have JBJ. So, yes, I would yeah. rather have Renfro. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that, you know, Bloom. Really just, it, I, I saw what he was doing, but it didn't really help the current team. So, yeah, just not that great. Not that great.
0: There was also a ton of high leverage relievers that were not high-end closers that got signed or moved this offseason before yeah. the lockout.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they were in on none of them. Yeah. Like, Kendall Graveman for $8 million is a steal. Yes. Um, that's barely more money than you're paying Matt Barnes right now for significantly more production. Um there's also who was the other there's another one that the White Sox um Someone else. Anyway, that wasn't the only one. There was a ton. You didn't have to go after the Kenley Jansons or um any of the other like fifteen plus million dollar closers. To make a splash in the bullpen, you could have added an eighth inning guy, um, or one of the lower end closers to get some depth in this bullpen, and it was would have been an extremely minor move. give Garcia, that was another great one. Would yes. have been great. Called for him the, at the trade deadline last year. Wrote an article about him. Hashtag Gimme Gimme. He moved in this offseason too. He would have been another great one. So there's a ton of options for the bullpen that they could have done. And instead, they went with Diekman and Strom, who have been largely what we thought they would be. Strom, we figured, would not walk anybody and be really consistent. And Diekman, we thought, would strike out a lot of people and be really inconsistent. And that's exactly what they've been. Yep. Which was just more of the same of the people that they already had. So it was just running back the same bullpen that we had last year. Just different names.
1: Yeah. And it, so, and, yeah. it really makes me uh, just their... You know, the, the, the whole team's just inactive, period, like, prior to the lockout. Like, I really think that Bloom was, like, told not to do anything. It, it, that is what I'm Because you heard no rumors, nothing. It was, like, crickets from the Red Sox with everything that was going on prior to the lockout. So, I'm wondering if he was, quote-unquote, like, told... Yeah, don't do anything. We don't know where our money situation is gonna be. Don't sign anybody.
0: Maybe. Well the Renfro, that happened before, right?
1: Oh, that is true. Yeah. But that was shedding,
0: right? Because that say that yeah, that was that saving saved money. Them like five million dollars?
1: <laughs> Something like that, yeah.
0: Or maybe it was only two? It was twelve to ten.
1: Something like that. I don't yeah. remember what
0: it wasn't a lot, but it did save a few million dollars. Yes. But. Yeah, but then yeah, we heard more rumors uh, during the lockout and almost thought it was a certainty that Suzuki would be in the outfield. Um, and then the lockout ended, and that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that was a bummer.
1: Yeah, those rumors were definitely a def. A, a fun time because i was like totally penciling him into the to the outfield i'm like oh so that's excited yeah that is why we moved friend fro yeah no that's not why we moved Renfro. yeah
0: i feel way better about that like what i remember we did the podcast when the trade happened and i was really annoyed about it and then i uh, was like i mean if we had if we had Suzuki, i feel way better about that
1: yep yep
0: not so much uh house of kuzu says isn't it time to give the young guys their opportunity? Duran in place of Bradley. Casas, in place of Dahlbeck? What's the worst thing that can happen? They don't hit. It's the same thing Dahlbeck and JBJ are doing. And at least the young guys would be getting experience and reps. So we kind of hit on that. So yeah, yeah, I think we agree with JBJ and Duran. Uh, Cassus, not quite. But yeah. very soon.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And then another one. Uh, I don't want him to go because he's my favorite player and how painful it's going to be. But... When Bogarts is playing second base for the Blue Jays next season. Oh, Jesus. What? Uh, no. What? No.
1: I, I I, don't want to think of Bogey playing anywhere else. Um, I... I I know that there is a huge possibility that he will be. I just don't want to think about it because um I would probably just log off of everything for about a week and a half, 2 weeks and come back and yeah. Cuz I would need to grieve.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't if that happens and it's going to be like the waiting is the hardest part, right? And I completely respect the the players for like, I'm not trying to have this conversation in season. So I totally get the, it didn't happen before season. So now we have to wait for it to happen in the off season. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your contract year, it makes it that much more scarier that some things are going to happen. But um, I don't think I can handle just the back to back of Mookie and Bogarts. And I know it's not necessarily back to back, but it's still too close. Yeah, and then the potential of like then immediately Devers because I feel like if Bogus doesn't happen, they either need to go all in on Devers immediately, but if they let that like dangle, then it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and if all three of those guys go within just a few years of each other, I'm just, I don't know how to handle that.
1: Um. Yeah. I I definitely could could not could not handle that. Um I I mean I totally understand, you know, Sander not wanting to discuss anything this offseason, whatever. Uh, but they have to they have to lock him in. Um if they don't lock him in, they're not locking in Devers. Because Devers and Bogey are like they're they're really, really, really good friends. And if you don't if as a team, if you don't commit to Bogey Right, like basically your star, the hit of your franchise, after you traded away, um, shoot, bets. Yeah. <laughs> after you traded away bets, like they were, and if if you know if Devers sees that the the, the team is not even committed to Bogey at that point why on earth like why? what what's no he's just gonna go somewhere yeah. else and we're just gonna lose all three and it's um it will be very difficult very difficult for me yeah.
0: devers basically have just watched every face of the franchise that he had played with leave and be like so wait what's going to be different about me yeah yeah <laughs> so, like they would really have to like really commit to him and it just doesn't seem like That's what they want to do to anybody. Yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, Brother Bob says Benintendi has an incredible batting average in Kansas City after working out with Mookie and Holt in Nashville in the offseason. Why didn't the Red Sox fix his issues when he was here?
1: (laughs) I don't necessarily think that his issues were necessarily mechanical. I think it might have been uh, pressure and other things when it came to, to Benny. Um, so, but I'm glad to see that he is thriving in Kansas City. I just don't know if he would have done the same thing here.
0: I don't think he, uh, really had issues when he was here, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I mean, he hit 295, 271, 290, he had 266 in 2019, um, and then 2020 where he was hurt and just didn't play. Yeah. But then... Last year in Kansas City, hit two seventy six. Everything was right in line with the years that he was in Boston. Right now, his BABIP is uh, eighty five points higher than his career number. His is four hundred six, so he's super lucky right now. So that's going to regress, mm-hmm. and it'll probably regress right back in line with the rest of his numbers. And I mean, he had a really good season last year: seventeen homers, eight steals, two seventy six. Uh, the OBP was a bit down, but his walks are back up this year. He's a good baseball player. I was kind of bummed when he left. I know Jake was like his personality sucks, so I'm super happy to see him go. <laughs> <it's> like, okay, <laughs> but uh, I I enjoyed having him on the team, and I was bummed. Yep. Uh, Brother Bob also has a question. Brock Holt is available. Should the Red Sox bring him back? No.
1: <laughs> Sadly, no. As much as I I love Brock Holt. I will forever love Mike Holtz. I will still rock my Holtz Red Sox jersey occasionally when I'm rocking around town. Uh, they shouldn't bring him back, but I will miss him because he was fun.
0: One of the better uh, ballpark giveaways, though, was the Red Sox pet Brocks that yes. they did for the <laughs> Ballheads. That yes. was pretty great. Yes. Um, me using T. Says, how can a Xander extension happen?
1: Uh, maybe the team just gives Xander, uh, just kind of what he wants. That's just kind of just 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 get it done. Just get it done. Yeah. Just I give think they him need to, wants.
0: yeah, they need to give him the dollar value that he's asking for because it's probably fair or something close to the dollar value he's asking for. But then I need to tell him that it comes at the uh, the cost of moving to second. And then I need to flip him in story. Yes. And say, we would love you to stay. And we will pay you to stay. But it's at second base.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And I feel good about that. And we'll see. That was it.
1: Awesome.
0: Shelly, thanks for filling in. It's great yes. to talk socks with you. Hopefully we'll have you on uh, after that. Uh, 13 game win streak I predicted and then we can have a nice happy powwow (laughs) talk about how awesome that's been and uh, how much they've gained in the standings and how everything is right with the world again and have a bit bit of a a cheerier conversation next
1: time (laughs) (laughs) yes instead of like all this dread and uh, angry angry clouds and lightning and all this stuff so yes uh, but yeah. thanks for having me on even though it was kind of depressing uh, thanks for having me on it was just great to talk about the team
0: yeah uh, you can find both of us at the Over the Monster website where we have done uh, roundtables and stuff have you done anything besides the roundtables?
1: um not really on the on um, the Over the Monster site but I have contributed to the roundtables
0: same i've just been doing the round tables you can also find both of us on twitter you can find shelly at shelly v underscore 643 you can find me at the spoken keats thanks for listening and join us next week